good nerve Shabbos. All right, Dafyod, we are up to Alaikasha Hokasha, which is the fourth line on Dafyod Amad Aleph 10a. And what the Gemara is basically going to be trying to do for the next little while is try to find patterns in either the opinion of Beishamai or the opinion of Beishillel. And the pattern, if you recall from yesterday, is which one as a pattern is going to be lenient as far as the creation of a yomtif Sauda and allow me to do a little more in order to make the Suda happen. And which one is going to be more of the uh, strict Mahalach, which one's a stricter approach. Now, we're going to see throughout, we're going to see throughout the daf. We don't necessarily need to find a pattern neither Beishamai or Beishel because, as we're going to see, various cases may call for various uh, different svaras. Where, as far as some parts of the Seuda, maybe Beishel will be machmir for one reason and be lenient on the other side. But what we're looking to see is, can we find a pattern? So here we go. Fourth line, Yodamadalaf. Ali'ikash hakash. If you're going to ask some sort of contradiction in the patterns of Bishami or Bishilal, let's ask it from the following Brizer. Bishami Amr Bishami says, You're not allowed to take an Eli to cut meat up on it. Okay? Now, uh, what's an Eli? We'll, we'll call it a carving board. Yeah, something that was usual, it was common to, you, uh, to chop meat on it. Beisol says, you're allowed to take this Eli on Yomtif, it's not going to be Mokta. Alma, you see from here, Gabi Simchas Yomtif, when it comes to Simchas Yomtif and the Suda, Beishamai L'chumra, Beishamai Machmir, and he says, you're not allowed to take the Eli, and Beisol says, it is allowed. But we have a contradiction from our Mishnah, which says, when it comes to Shechting on Yomtif, Beishamai says, you're allowed to Shecht, and Beis Hillel says, you're not. So there's, again, we broke the pattern. Same answer we gave you. So they switch around the opinions. Who says that you can switch around? Maybe, maybe you don't switch around the opinions. May we have a svara. Why Beis and Beis Hillel should say Lakula in one case and Lachum in the other case? Because Maybe Bishamrai does not allow you to move this Eli, this cutting this cutting beam, and he says it's Muktza, El Hecha Deleka, Deker Noots Loi. Right? I would say that's a problem. But when you have Deker Noots, right, when it came to the gathering of the dirt in order to cover the blood and do Kisay Adam, we said that once the shovel is in the ground, you could be lenient. You have a Svara, you have a logic to be lenient. Inami, or you could say the opposite way, why instead of instead of explaining Bishamai, with a reason to be mako by the dirt, we can give a reason why Beis Hillel is machmir. Maybe the reason why Beis Hillel allows the use of this cutting beam, because it's not mukta. Once it's meant for use to cut the meat, it's a, it's, it's a vessel. And the same way a cutting board on a yomtif is not mukta, so too, granted, it's a beam, but since it was used for cutting, so it loses its status of mukta. But he can still be machmir by the dirt, but by the dirt, maybe he'll say, you're not allowed to dig up to cover the dirt. Memela says the Gemara, there is no question. There's no question. Right? Granted, we haven't proven a particular um, pattern of Beishamai being Machmir, 
and we haven't proven a pattern of Bisol being Mekel, but we also don't have a question on whether that pattern is broken, because even when we find a different pattern, there's a specific logic why the pattern changed. Okay. Says the Gemara. Ali, Kasha, Kasha. Let's ask a question from here. We're going to keep doing this, all right? Bishami Yermin Bishami says, when you shecht an animal on Yamtif, what's the main reason why you're allowed to shecht on Yamtif? For the meat. Okay? However, when you shecht, you also end up with valuable hides. So what do you do with these hides? Now here's the problem. Ready? I want to introduce. Why don't we just say the hides are mukta? What do you say? Anybody ever svara? Why don't we just say, you know what, when you shecht a cow, or you shecht an animal for yomtiv, the meat is not mukta, and you could use it, but everything else is mukta. Do you think that would be a good svara to say? You think so, right? There's a problem with that, though. Because the chachamim, as we're going to see, are concerned that if we don't allow the owner to use any other part of the animal which has value, they'll refrain from slaughtering the animal for Simchas Yomtev in the first place. Because they'll view it like a loss. Okay? So we're kind of caught over here. We have an animal to shech. There's various parts of the animal that have value. If we only allow the meat, which, is, which would be the initial sabara, the problem is that if everything else is muktzah, people won't shech their cows on Yomtev for covered Yomtev. Because they don't want to take that loss. Okay? So, Beishamay says, You're not allowed to take the skins, the hide, and put it in a place where you know somebody's going to walk all over it. Somebody's going to trample on it. And you're not allowed to lift it up. It's mukta. Unless it has a kazayas of meat on it, making the whole thing not mukta. Beishol says, it is allowed. So you see, Beishol is lenient as far as creating so you see that Beis Hillel has a, uh, has a, a uh, opinion of leniency when it comes to making a meal, but the problem is our Mishnah. Why is Beis Hillel Machmir when it comes to Kisri Adam? That's a contradiction. Beis Hillel is Machmir and strict in that case and does not allow me to dig up the dirt. Again, Mokhlefes Ha-Shita we have the opinions wrong, and really Beishamai has a pattern of leniency. Beishamai is of the opinion that you're allowed to lift up the hide, and Beishillel holds you're not allowed to. And therefore, says Rebbechanan, we do have a pattern. Okay, says Gemara Memai, why do you got to do that? Domalahi, maybe it's not true. I'd come like I'm Maybe the reason why Beishamai is lenient by the Kisui Hadam, gathering the earth, but strict when it comes to the hides. It's because when it comes to the earth, you already have the shovel in the ground, so it's no longer muktzah. But when there's no shovel in the ground, maybe Beishamai would be strict. Okay? And it would merely depend on the circumstances of surrounding the Suda, whether I should be Mekel or Machmir. Or you could say in Beisel as well. Maybe Beisel only allows it when the skins itself are already fit to be used. They're already called a kli. Even before it's trampled on, you could use it, you could lay it out on top of your chair, and maybe that's why he's lenient. Aval Hassan, but by, but by uh, the digging of the dirt in order to get the kisei adam, 
in order to cover up the blood, light, maybe he won't agree. Memela, we do find no pattern whatsoever in Shitas Beishamai or Shitas Beishil. Okay, so let's try again. Let's try again to see whether we find a pattern. This is going to be our last attempt before the Mishnah as to whether we find the pattern of leniency in Beishamai and stringency in Beishil. Ali, Kasha, Hakash. Rather, if we're going to ask a contradiction in their patterns, let's ask it from the following Mishnah. Beishamai and Beishamai says, you're not allowed to remove a tris. Ah, who is been to Eretz Yisrael? Yeah, anybody who's been in the apartment in Israel and Eretz Yisrael is familiar with a tris. Something which I'm surprised um, is very rare. I haven't seen it in too many people's homes. A tris is a shutter, a window shutter, that when you close it, it makes your home at one o'clock in the afternoon, like midnight. If you want a good afternoon shluf, you need a tris. And as you saw, you lower those tris in, yeah, you're good to go. Big time, right? It's a chiddush, it's a chiddush that nobody has, uh, you know, expressed too much interest in bringing these to the states. <laughs> There you go. Yeah. It probably has to do with safety as well. I'm, I, I, you know, I was told that one of the reasons in Eretz Yisrael it's so prevalent is because for safety, you know, when you have missiles and airstrikes or whatever, you sh- close your shutters. There's no light whatsoever. All right. But Bishami and Bishami says, You're not allowed um, to take out your tris from your windows on Yomtev. Okay. You could take them out and put them back. All right. Now, Rashi helps us out over here. Rashi says, what's this whole thing with removing a tris? So Rashi explains that these trisin are very hard um, shutters, very hard. They're not beams, right? They're made out of various uh, materials. Um, but they could be used to hang things on, to carry things on. And Mamela, what if somebody you know, needs to use his window shutter as a serving tray on Yom Tif. Do we say that once it's in the window, it's a shutter, it's not a serving tray, and it's muktzah? Or do we say no? Okay? So Beishamai says it's a problem. soul says not. Alma, so you see, Gabi Simchas Yom when it comes to something that's going to help out your Yom Tif Suda, Beishamai Lechomro, Beishol Lekula. Beishamai seems to have a, 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 a position of strict of stringency and basil is lenient. Raminu. But what about the contradiction to the law of digging up for Kisi Adam? So we have a break in the patterns. This says Gemara Bishma Bisham Bisham like Asha. You could say that there's no contradiction in Bishamai. I'll say Hosandika Dekar no it's by the case by uh, of the earth. You already have the shovel in the ground, the answer we gave multiple times already. But by the and by the window shade, there's not. So there's more reason to be strict. Ella basil, la basil, kasha. In basil, you're going to have a you're going to have a contradiction. Again, switch around the opinion. Or you could say, I'd say, listen. There maybe the reason why basil is makel when it comes to using the the tris as a you know as something that's going to be used for the seuda. Maybe there's a particular reason over there. What's the reason? Because Mishum de'in binyan bekelim, he'll say that any there's 
something that's meant to be, something that's able to be used as a vessel is not considered part of the building to make a muksa. The ain't stira became, it's also ain't stira became, because it's just a tris, it's not a building, it's a tris. Of a loss of light, but when it comes to digging the earth, maybe he'll say you still need to be machmir. Period. End of that Gemara. Bottom line, bottom line, we're walking away from this Gemara and saying we don't have a proof against any particular pattern, nor do we have a proof for a particular pattern of Beishamah being strict and Beishilo being lenient. Rather, you got to take each case with its own um, with its own set of circumstances, which will ultimately determine um, to be machmir or mekel. Okay, beautiful. Period. End of that Gemara. The next Mishnah, which is really a continuation of our previous Mishnah, where we discussed the ladders leading up to the bird homes. All right, here we go. Beishamai says, Lo yitol, you're not allowed, the birds themselves are going to be mukta. Elam ke'na unless you already held the bird on Erev Yomtev. Beishol says, no. I made the Oimer, a person before Yomtev should stand there and say, Zebeze'ani naito. Okay, I want that, I want this. But you don't have to mamish, pick up the bird. Um, and we'll see why, uh, what's unique of picking up the bird more than just expressing with one's mouth. The machlaikas is only by the bricha rishayna. Now, this is very interesting. Doves, in particular, apparently, like have they give birth like by the month. They give birth by the month. Okay, so the bricha rishayna, the first month of of. Uh, Doves that are coming along, only those are considered muksa. We're going to consider them. Um, we're going to consider them muksa unless you pick it up, because um, you might not want it. Okay, you might change your mind. Now, the reason why you might change your mind is because the first ones you might want to save, because they get older the first, and they'll start to lay their own eggs and have their own birds the first. Okay, so maybe you'll change your mind and be like, you know what, I really don't want it for Yom Tif. I prefer to wait. Bissol says there's no gzera, therefore as long as you say beforehand, I'm going to use this bird, it's Bissol. When it comes to the second batch, Bishame will agree to Bissol, that as long as you stand there before Yom Tif and you say, I want this one, I want that one, that's enough to be allowed to use it. According to Basil, what's with the expression of saying, I'm going to take this one and that one? Lema, now what's wrong with that? The Gemara is bothered. The Gemara says, Lema, why don't we just say, I'm going to take birds from this house, from this bird cage, this uh, bird home tomorrow. Why do you got to say this one and that one? Just say, I'm going to take birds from here. Does not hold of Remember what's Breira? Retroactive uh, decision making, right? That now I can retroactively say that's what I had in mind. Now, if he doesn't hold of Breira, that would be a reason why you have to designate now, before Yomtev. And if he does hold of Breira, that would be a logic to say later on, let him designate that yesterday when I said whatever's in this, in this bird house is for Yomtev, I meant this one. But we learned in the Mishnah. If you have a, a dead body in a house and there's psachim harbe, 
there's many doorways. Kulam Tameim, all uh, um, the, the mace is in the house, and um, we don't know how we're carrying it out. Kulam Tameim, underneath each doorway is tar. You have to consider each doorway itself underneath that as if it's part of the room. Niftach once you open up one of the doorways, and now you, it's pretty clear which way we're carrying out the mace, then only that doorway remain, uh, remains Tamei, and all the other doorways retroactively are now, I shouldn't say retroactively, all it says is all the other doorways are now Tahar. Okay? Now, <clears throat> what happens? If you have a favorite door that you plan on taking it out, but nothing, that door's not open yet. Or you plan on taking out a window, you've got four Tvachim, by four tfachim, which a body can get out of, Rashi tells us. Matzelas al kol kula. That saves all of the openings because it's already considered like that's the one we're going to use. You have to have decided before the guy's even died. Basil says that you could decide even once it has died. So you see from over here, Basil does hold of Brera. So the question is, if Basil holds of Brera, why is it that according to Basilo in our Mishnah, you have to say, I want this one and that one. Why don't we let him just say, I'm going to take a bird from here and later on decide which one he wants. The Gemara says, the reason is because we learned about this Mishnah. When Basil says that, uh, that you could decide even once the, the, the guy passes away, that is only from here on forth. Okay? It's, not, it's not retroactive. It's once you decide, you have a mace, once you decide which one you're going to take it out, then from here, anything underneath that becomes done. But it's not like retroactively anything that was underneath that is to her, no. Anything that was underneath those other doorways remain tummy. They remain tummy. Now that I decided what's going to now change is, now that I decided which exit to bring the mace out, from here on forth, Anything underneath that entrance is, is uh, the opening, and everything else is considered closed. Okay. The bottom line is, according to where we're up to right now, what is Beis Hillel's opinion? Beis Hillel does not hold of Brera, and therefore, since Beis Hillel does not hold that you can retroactively decide your, uh, what you're taking and what you're choosing... Before Yom Tif, you have to specifically say, I want that bird and that bird. You can't just say, oh, I'll, I'll decide later. You have to say, before Yom Tif, this one and that one. Okay. Rav Amar. Rav gives another possible explanation to Beishamai. He says, Really, Beishel does hold that Lemafreya, there is Breira. Um, the, reason, uh, the reason for Beishel saying, I want that bird and that bird, is because we're concerned that um, as he's choosing and he doesn't decide beforehand, he's going to start picking up and picking up birds, and then being like, "Nah, I don't want this one." Become a tautomidi And if you do that, you're going to come to muktzah. So if you pick up a bird and then decide not to use it and put it down, that bird was now muktzah for you because it wasn't fit for Shabbos. It wasn't fit for Yom Tif. Okay. And the Mela Basil says this one and that one. Why? Nothing to do with Brera. 
The reason why you have to point out and decide which one you want is so you don't come to Muktzah. I ba Amrit ba um says the Gemara ba Amrit ba you said ba Oimed ba Oimer Zevazani Noit Osagia. It's enough to uh, it's enough to just according to Basil, it's enough to just pick out and point to which birds are enough. If you do that, you can still change your mind and come to Muktzah. How is your uh, how's your approach helping me stay away from Muktzah? The Gemara says no. Yeah, we're dealing with uh, we're dealing with erev yomtiv, and therefore, since you already chose on erev yomtiv, when it comes to yomtiv itself, you already know what you're going to have, and you already know that everything else is going to be aser. But to choose to say zevizet on yomtiv, that's not going to be a problem. You have to choose before yomtiv. Top line of Amabit. I will be because sometimes you're going to point to one, you're going to think it's a gesunto one, and it turns out that it's scrawny. And the scrawny ones go right? You have to mamish pick it up, says Beishamai. Become a talmidid and you may end up moving something that is muktza. Inam you could say zimin demishabchi, zimin That sometimes, um, even when you point to the whole bird cage, the whole birdhouse. Um, all the doves are going to be scrawny, v'shavik lehu, and you're going to end up taking none of them, v'asi le'emnu yeh yantiv, and you're going to come to not have chicken at all on yomtiv. Therefore, says Beishamai, pick it up. Pick it up before yomtiv. Make sure, you know, it's, it's kind of like there's a mitzvah in the Torah, tayamel chaim zuchi. It's a mitzvah to taste your Shabbos food before Shabbos, to make sure it's gezunt, to make sure it's geshmak, right? To make sure it's good. Along those lines, says Beishamai, Pick up your dubs before yomtiv. Pick it up. Why? This way, if you need a one that's not in your chicken, in your birdhouse, you'll be fine. You'll, you'll have time to go, uh, to go choose from elsewhere. Period. End of that Gemara. Gavaldik. And now, guess what else we're talking about? More dubs. All right. We got a, another mission over here. Here we go. Mishnah, five lines from the top of Yud Amud Beis. Zimein shchayrim umatzalaveinim. What happens if before Yamtiv you set aside whether you picked it up, whether you pointed, but you pointed to black doves. You wake up Yamtiv morning, you want to shecht your doves, and you only see levenim. You only see white ones. Levenim, or you set aside white doves. You wake up in the morning and you see a bunch of black ones. You set aside two. And on Yom Tif, um, you, you see that there's a group of them. Okay? Shleisha literally means three, but the idea over here is you set aside two, but now you don't recognize which ones. There's more there that look similar to those two. Asurim. These birds are all going to be Asur. They're Muktza. There, it's, you don't know that this is what you set aside. I set aside white, there's only black. It's muktzah. I set aside black, there's only white. Muktzah. I, I set aside two, now I see more than two, and I can't figure out which ones. Well, you have a problem. Because if you take it, you can end up with muktzah. Okay. However, shleisha, let's say you set aside three, muktzah shnayim, and the end you find two, mutara. Then it's allowed, because we'll say that one flew the coop, literally. Yeah? <laughs> one just bounced out of there. And you're left with two, and those two were set aside. If you set aside the um, 
the ber- birds that were inside the cane, inside the nest, and then you found them outside, asurim, it's going to be asur. You have to assume that these are, well, the Gemara will explain why, we have to assume that this is, this is not what you set aside. However, them ain't sham elahim, if these are the only, if these are the only um, doves that are around, then hare elu mutarim, it is now allowed, it becomes permitted. Okay, it's allowed. Beautiful, says the Gemara. The Gemara says like this. Pshita, it's obvious that it's muktzah. It's obvious it's muktzah, right? I mean, you, you set aside white, now it's black. Why would I think it's not muktzah? Amar Rabba Rabba says, what are we dealing with over here? You set aside um, both, black and white. And then you put you kept them separate, okay? Segregation, and then you found the white ones where you put where you set aside the black ones, and the black ones you set aside the white ones. I would I would have thought to say that maybe the, they they switched uh, apartments, um, and it should be allowed. It's not muktzah. No, instead of assuming they swap positions. You have to assume that the white ones, let's say you set aside white ones, the white ones you set aside flew the coop. And the black ones that you find here are not the black ones that you set aside in the other one. They could be new ones that popped on in and are visiting guests. Let's say we have a proof from this halacha to Rabbi Hanina. How do we have a proof? If you have a, a uh, these are you say this, right? Rules um, where we follow right. So let's say you have a situation where you have right, you have majority, and then you have karev. Karev means that things seem very much, you know, like when there's smoke, there's fire. It seems very close to it being a fact. All right? You could, you could really assume what happened over here without knowing for sure. But a nice assumption. So if Raiv would tell me one thing, but Assumption would tell me something else, which one wins out? The, the rule of majority wins out. So according to our Mishnah, yeah, which says that if you left white and now you find the, the black ones, it's going to be Usr, because you see that Raiv outweighs Karev. Karev would say, what does Karev say? If I had white ones here and black ones here, and then I find the black ones and the white ones. Shouldn't I just assume that the black ones that were here are now in the white ones? That, that's what karev means. That's a close assumption. They're closer. However, if you follow Rav, you'll say, listen, most doves in the world are not set aside. So they should remain muktzah. So you see a proof to Rabbi Hanina that, that the rule of Rav outweighs the rule of karev. The Gemara says, no. Kedam Rabaye. Rabaye says, we're dealing with bedaf. We're dealing with a uh, situation where birds are, stay on the daf, they stay on the page, they stay on the beam. Hachanami bidaf. So to over here, we're referring to, um, we're, uh, we're referring to a, uh, a birdhouse that has these dafim that, uh, that the birds hang out on. And therefore, even if you have karayv, you'll say, even with karayv, you'll say, it's very possible other birds are going to land on that daf, and they're going to come to hang out 
and there's and there's no stronger reason to assume the original krayvim remain the krayvim. All right. Fine. Very good. Yeah, you, you have that svara. Let's let's explain this outside. If anybody's lost, let's uh, let's explain this outside. There's two rules that we're dealing with over here. There's a rule of rive. You follow majority. Okay. There's also a rule that when you're in doubt, you could follow kariv. Whatever's closest and nearest, you could assume that is what is now here. Okay. So, I have. Let's give the case. I have two bird homes side by side. One has white, one has black. I de- uh, white doves and black doves. I set aside the white doves and I set aside the black doves. Everything now is not muktzah. I wake up Yom Tov morning and in the place where I had the white doves, I only see black doves. So now there's two options. How did those white doves become black? Assuming they're not magicians. And assuming they didn't play in the mud, how did they become black? Two options. Either it's the two black birds from next door, and it should be okay, because those aren't muksa. Those are also set aside for Yom Tif. Or the two white ones flew the coop, and the black ones that are there are different black ones that came in to visit. And they're muksa. So how do we view it? You ready? If you say that the rule of Karayv is stronger than Rayv, so then we'll say it's the two neighboring blackbirds and it's not Muktzah. However, if you follow majority, then we would have to say, listen, you know, most birds in the world, we don't know where these blackbirds came from. Most birds in the world are Muktzah on Yom Tif. You have to assume it just landed from outside. Okay? That's how these two rules can, uh, can contradict each other. All right, Kavali. Two dots. Next part of the Gemara. If you set aside two and now you find three or more and you don't know which ones are yours, they're all Muktzah. Says Gemara, why? Because either way, if it's not the ones you set aside, then it's Muktzah. And if they're not different ones, you still have an extra dove that's mixed in, it's Muktzah, and it's all Asr. Let's say you set aside three, and you only find two in the end, then it's allowed. Why? My timer also. Um, I set aside three. Why is there two? One flew the coop, and the other two are, I could assume, are the ones that I set aside. Says the Gemara. Let's say the Salah of the Mishnah allowing me to take those two is the opinion of Rebbe and not the opinion of the Rabbanon, the Tanya. We learned in Hebraisa, if a person puts a mana, a mana is a value, um, uh, and over here, the, over here, um, we're dealing with Meiser Sheni, okay? And what, obviously what happened was, is, obviously because dealing with value, is that somebody took his food of Meiser Sheni and transferred the Kedusha onto money. And now he has his money, and he need Achmana, he takes the money, Umatza Masayim. He put away $100. And now he finds in his Meiser Shani box of money, how much money is in there? 
$200. It looks like his $100 gave birth. Okay? Or, then you have to say that this $200 is Chulun and Maiser Shani mixed together, and you got to deal with it, the Kedusha. Okay? Everything is considered Chulun. All right, everything's considered, uh, everything's going to, uh, everything here is considered a chul. Okay, why? So Rashi says like this, how could it be chul, right? Don't we have $100 in here? Rashi says, if you don't know how $200 got in there, it must be that this is not even your Meister Shaney box. You must have gotten it all wrong. They say, the, they, they, they say a Meister, where somebody lost, uh, somebody lost, uh, a yid lost money at a, some sort of fair. And some yukul found it. And um, the, the yid who lost the money gave, uh, I'm sorry, um, that's not what happened. There was a, a gayisha guy, there's a guy who lost a lot of money at a fair. And a yid finds the wallet. And he sees a sign. Now somebody lost the money. He's a tzaddik of a guy. So he, he gives the money back. So this Russia says, uh, uh, now sues the Yid. He, say, he, he claims the Yid stole the money. And he says, when I lost my purse, there was $2,000 in there. And the Yid only gave me back my purse with $1,000. He took $1,000. He owes me $1,000. Daganov. And he takes his Yid to court. And this yid is beside himself. Never stole the money, but this guy is mamish, you know, uh, you know, good reputation, and, uh, and he's starting a libel against this against this yid. So the yid doesn't know what to do. So he goes to the rav, and he says, "I don't know what to do. I'm pushing. They're gonna lock me up. I mean, I, I don't know what to do. Like, uh, should I try to raise the money for myself? There was only a thousand dollars there." The rav says, "Don't worry about it. I'll come with you to court." Okay, comes the the court date, and they, they present the case against the yid. It was the you know, he gave the simonim, and, and the rabbi standing next to the Yid who says there's only $1,000 in there. And the case is not looking good. The case is not looking good. It gets turning against him, and everybody's, yeah, Ganav, yeah, yeah. You're trying to look like a tzaddik, yeah. So finally, the Rav asks if he could testify. Okay. So uh, the Rav gets up there, and he starts cross-examining the, the guy. And he gives all these, uh, all these questions. Huh? And he says, you sure there was $2,000? There's no question there's $2,000. No, eh. Finally, what's the end of the Misa? He turns to the judge and he says, listen, judge, this, this guy seems to be an honest guy. This year I know to be an honest guy. Therefore, there's only one conclusion. It's not his wallet. His $2,000 is still somewhere out there in the street. The yid should get to keep the thousand dollars. It must not be. It must not be as well in the first place. And kachava, the, the the judge ended up allowing the thousand dollars to go back to the yid because there was no claimer on it at all. So this guy tried to take the money. Kacha, he ended up. Then uh, it ended up coming back to bite him. Okay, so here's what happened. You have the a hundred dollars in the box. Now it's two thousand dollars. Says Rebbe, it must be a totally different box. If you put in two hundred dollars. Worth of Meister Shani, you must have then you find only $100. Mana Munach, Mana Muto. Then you have to assume that the $100 that was originally there was taken out, and this is a new $100. This is the opinion of Rabbi. Rabbi says, no, even there, 
Hakol Chun. Even there, everything is going to be Chun. So you see over here that when you go down, when you originally had more, and now you have less, we say that it, the, whatever's in its place is new ones, and which is, uh, which is going to agree with Rebbe and not agree with the Rabbon. It says, if you look at Rabbon, you can even say the Tanah's Rabbonon, we learned about the Mishra of Yechilin Rebbe Lazar, Dami Tavayi, Yechilin Rebbe Lazar. Both hold shiny geizlois, hayol v'asurin le'edadais. That geizlois, young pigeons, are different because they are very jumpy, as we know kids tend to be. And therefore, just because you had three and now you have two is not an assumption that there was a complete change. These kids are antsy. Yeah, these birds, they, they, they know how to bounce around and therefore it makes sense. While when you had three, now you have two. Money usually does not hop, does not jump. They don't, uh, doesn't, doesn't have its own two feet and walk off on its own. And the Mela, our Mishnah can very well be according to be Rabbanon. And it's just a different set of circumstances. Why do we have to explain our Mishnah? That there's a difference between coins and young pigeons. But we learned about that Mishnah itself when it came to the Maeser Shani. One says, that the Machlaikas is only when there were two different kissin, there were two different wallets. One had Maeser Shani, one had Chulin, and now you find different, uh, different measurements. So there you could say, uh, so there you could say that there's a Machlaikas, whether it was switched or changed. One says that there's Machlaikas by two kissin, let's say, all the money was in one wallet, one purse, one wallet. Everybody will agree that the money is considered chulin and not meiser sheni. The Chadomer and the other opinion says no. Only when it's together, when there was one wallet, one purse. That's where there's a machlaikas about whether to view the money as, as chulin or meiser sheni. When you have two wallets, everyone's going to agree that perhaps. You just switched the the everyone's that perhaps that we're going to assume you switched the purse, and you took out a hundred and put in a new hundred. Okay. Now, Omar, it makes sense according to the Manda Omar who says that there's a machlekes in Rebbe and the Rabbanon by two wallets by two purses. That's how we need to say shiny guys. That young birds are different than money because they're jumpy. If you say there's machlekes bekis echad by when the money was all in one wallet, but it's two wallets. Everyone will agree that you assume that the original hundred dollars was taken out, the original machine was taken out, and the new money that was put in is now chulin. Why do we got to say? Oh, because birds are happy. No, you don't have to say that. You said that there's no machlekes. When it comes to Shnei Kisin, and therefore, and therefore, it doesn't make a difference whether young birds are are uh, happy. Either way, it should be permitted. Um, Ravashi, Ravashi says, oh, we're re-examining the cases, re-explaining the cases. Say it like this: the young birds had their wings tied up, and therefore they can't be too happy. And we're dealing with money that is tied together. Okay. So, these geizlois, as they move, they're going to separate. But the money does not separate from each other. Okay? So, everyone will agree 
even if the young bird, even if these, these baby birds have their wings tied up, they're still going to be jumpy. Not as much, they're going to be jumpy. And if they could break out of their tie, they can get away from, what, from, uh, from trying to keep them in one place. Money does not do that. Okay? And Mamela, what happened? You went back, you, you set aside three tied up birds for Yumtiv. You get back and what do you see? Two untied birds. Are these the birds? Very well, maybe. Aye, they're not tied. Yeah, because they're happy. So they may have broken out. But when it comes to money that was tied up and now there's money that's not tied up, certainly it's different. It certainly it's going to be different money. Rebbe Amar Lachan, Rebbe is going to say, Kisin, Nami, even when it comes to a wallet or a purse, there are times, Nami Zim, there are times, top of tomorrow's daf, the Misakel Ketirayu. You, you, if you tie something in a knot or a bow, it doesn't always stay by itself. There's various circumstances. Things blow around, things move, then cause it to become undone, and therefore it is possible still that um, the money that you're finding, even though it was tied up, can be the same money that you left there. Now that it's untied, you have the same svara as the birds. We're at the Tudaf, top of Yud Aleph, Hamad Aleph, Bez Hashem. We will hold it here for today and pick up on Matzi Shabbos at 9 p.m. 9 p.m. Bez Hashem on Matzi Shabbos. Have a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos, everybody.